I'm Luka Doncic and this is Lockdown Mavericks Podcast. I don't believe you shouldn't be here. Welcome. You are locked on the playoff Dallas Mavericks. I am one of your co-hosts, Isaac Harris from Mavs.com. I'm riding solo for today's Saturday's pod as Nick is taking uh, kind of the weekend off, but this is a big weekend. So, uh, Nick, you got to get back, bro. We have some good news. The Dallas Mavericks. Are back in the playoffs the actual playoffs not the fake crap like the play-in tournament you know the participation trophy tournament the I can just you know really take any shot at it I want today because Nick's not here but uh, no the Dallas Mavericks beat the Toronto Raptors tonight 114 to 110 and clinch a top six seed in the Western Conference playoffs let that soak in for a second they are a top six seed in the West after everything that happened this season. Like that's just, that's insane. When you think about it, they were 14th in the Western conference. When that tweet went out from what sports center SI, whoever did it's Lucas sitting on the bench and it's the whole tweet of the, the Dallas Mavericks are 14th in the Western conference right now. Their first round pick would go to the New York Knicks and People loved dunking on the Mavericks at that point. Kind of like KP ending Freddie Gillespie's career tonight, but you know, we'll talk about that later. It's just wild when you think about everything that happened with Dallas this season and the fact that they're going to finish a top six, maybe a top five seed in the West. When going into the season, this was what I expected. Like going into the season, I'm like, I want Dallas to be a top five seed. I want Dallas to potentially be a top four seed. At worst, I I want them, like, I expect this Dallas team going into the season before anything happened, I expect this Dallas team to be a top six seed and to avoid avoid the play-in tournament. That's what I expected. And then all crap hit the fan. Then they had the injuries. Then they had... You know, KP had the, the the surgery before because the season started. You know, he thought this. You know, the season was going to start like February, March. He has the surgery. It pushes his whole like debut this season back so far. Luca thought the same thing about the you know the season starting. He comes into camp and everything out of shape. All of that, and then COVID happens. The COVID outbreak on the team, and we're losing three, four rotation guys for two to three weeks. And then they're coming back in Utah and altitude and all this stuff. And we're getting, you know, just throttled in Utah. And it's like, man, what this season is so weird. I can't believe all the stuff that's happening. Wes Awandu's playing like 35 minutes a game, shooting like 10 threes a game. It's like, what is happening to this season? And now they're, now they're a top six seed in the West. And we could go all day on who, like, who is the most to give credit to that? Of is it just all Luca? Is it you know the makeup of the team? Is it is this a Rick Carlisle? Just, I mean, it, I'm just blown away that this team finished where they where they finished. And considering everything that happened, that if you asked me, you know, back in February, January, like, man, what? I mean, I was literally changing my whole expectations. We talked about it on this podcast. We're like, should our expectations change? 
When everything went down, we were sitting there watching James Johnson start and play, you know, 28 minutes a night. And, you know, the, we're missing Maxie. We're missing J- Josh Richardson. We're missing Brunson and these guys, these key parts of the rotation for so long. And it's like, should we change our expectations? Like, man, if we just make the play-in tournament, we'll be happy at this point. And now we're a top six seed. And I think that's a testament to the team and just their <laughs> – just their will to fight through this and look at their record since the all-star break. Look at their record over the past month or two. Look at, I mean, it's just, it's wild. The about face that this team has, has made and they deserve a lot of credit for that. A lot of, there's a lot of stuff. I mean, we didn't even talk about KP injury stuff, you know, after that initial, you know, delay of him starting the season at the beginning, we haven't talked about the chemistry stuff that, you know, came to light a little bit with him and Luca and all like, there's been so much stuff this season. It's been so weird. And for them to be in the top six, I think it's a huge testament to them. And I think they deserve a lot of credit for that. So yeah, they play this Toronto team tonight. They go into these last two games and it's like, Hey, we have Toronto. It's our home finale. I was in the arena tonight. Uh, it man, such a weird kind of cap on the season for me of just covering this team. Uh, this is what my fifth, sixth, I don't know one, one of those numbers, uh, seasons covering the team in person and all of that. And just that, you know, this was the first year, uh, just not being in locker rooms, not being able to talk to players in person. It's a whole year of covering a team through zoom. And it's, that's been, you know, weird. Um, but seeing the AAC with people in it tonight was a lot of fun and seeing the AAC just, you know, get super hyped to cheer on this team making the playoffs. And two years in a row now they made the playoffs. And yeah, it's exciting. It's exciting times in Dallas to having Luca and making a second playoffs in three seasons, which is crazy at the same time too. So uh, it's definitely something to celebrate. They won the division title. I know we people made jokes and everything about that, but yeah. So they go in tonight, they play this Toronto team. And you're like, all right, Toronto is starting Stanley Johnson. Man, he thought he was really tough stuff tonight. Starting Malachi Flynn. Great night tonight. I feel so validated in all my pre-draft opinions about him. They started Kim Birch. They started Jalen Harris. Who else did they started? They started somebody else that I can't even remember off the top of my head. Freddie Gillespie, right? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, they did start him. Sorry, I was trying to figure out if that was before his career ended or after his career ended when KP yammed on it. But actually, we're going to take a quick break. Nick's probably getting on me right now as he's listening to this. We're going to take a quick break and then we'll come back and I'll talk a little bit more about the game, but then I want to get into some standing stuff because the Clippers, man, they're trying to make all kinds of shenanigans and everything because they're trying to avoid Dallas, not the Lakers. They're trying to avoid Dallas or no, they want Dallas. That's whatever. This podcast is brought to you by Theragun. Don't let the stress of daily life weigh on your body. Whether you're an elite athlete or someone like me, I mean, I'm not an elite athlete. Come on. I did play in like an upward basketball league growing up, but just trying to make it through the day tension-free, Theragun can help. Theragun is a handheld percussive therapy device that releases your deepest muscle tension muscle tension, using scientifically calibrated combo of depth, speed, and power. It is as quiet as an electric toothbrush. Wow. That is really, really quiet. Whether you want to treat your muscle tension from working out an injury or just the stresses of everyday life, guys, it gets pretty stressful right now. Theragun could help. There's no substitute for the Theragun Gen 4. 
Not Gen 3, not Gen 2, but Theragun Gen 4. Theragun is trusted by 250 professional sports teams like Real Madrid. We've heard of them before. And elite athletes like Paul George, hopefully, this was before the playoffs. DeAndre Hopkins, sorry, Texans fans, man, okay. Maria Sharapova and hundreds of thousands of customers and me. Try Theragun for 30 days starting at only $199. Go to theragun.com slash locked on right now and get your Gen 4 Theragun today. That's a theragun.com slash locked on. Theragun.com slash locked on. So this game, did you get stressed out? Because I did. I was in the arena. I was about to leave a little early. I'm not going to lie. I was going to be that person, uh, mainly because I want to try to get home and try to see my kids before they go to sleep. They're all of that stuff. But Dallas just kept on allowing them to stay in the game. Malachi Flynn, honestly, I mean, he had, what, 31 points tonight? Or no, that's Jalen Harris. Jalen Harris had 31 points. Uh, Malachi Flynn had 26 points. They only played seven players. That was another thing. It was the... One of the more sad images before the game, they're playing the uh, Canadian National Anthem. I look down, there's six Toronto Raptor players on the floor. I'm like, what is going on right now? Who's playing for the Raptors tonight? But they obviously pulled the game out in the fourth quarter. It got really close. Uh, it got to a three-point game in the fourth. Dorian hits his huge three in the corner. I thought that was awesome. And a huge shot for him. He's been so clutch lately. I mean, come on. If you're not a fan of Dorian Finney-Smith, what are we doing right now? I love that guy. I love Dodo. Six of eight from the field tonight. Four of six from three. He's shooting right around 39, but a little over 39% from three this season. What is happening? This dude is amazing to see his, I say amazing for the progress that he's made in his career. And we've talked about so many times, but for him to be a 39% three-point shooter this season, absolutely incredible. He had 17 points tonight. KP looked, I thought he looked good tonight. He had 21, three of five from three, nine of 19 from the field. He had 10 boards tonight, a couple assists. And he had, what an amazing play that was. The Tim Hardaway splits the double team at the top of the key he goes in and does this like behind the back one hand and no look in the air pass to KP who's cutting to the basket and Gillespie comes down. God bless his soul. He has to, you know, he's, he at least tried give him credit for that. He at least tried and Gillespie comes down and just gets absolutely postered and like a poster that you would put up on like a dorm room wall. That's yeah. KP, you know, kind of, I was happy because the Baylor bears were in the house tonight. Shout out to all the Baylor bears, Sikkim bears. I think that's what you're supposed to say, uh, to any Baylor bear, uh, alum or students, uh, listen to this podcast right now, but yeah. Uh, coach drew was in the house. They hoisted the trophy in this very awkward trophy presentation. And, uh, the mayor of Dallas pre- presented them that the month, the whole month of May, it's going to be like, bear month sure don't yeah whatever but i'm just glad that they were there to see the end of freddie gillespie's career uh shout out and um man he he's been playing very well lately but yeah uh josh Richards, i want to give him a little bit of credit he had four clutch free throws in this game i thought that was uh huge i mean he only played 20 minutes in this game but for him to be in there at the end of the game hit all four of those free throws toronto's bench was giving him heck during during those free throws too you could hear it there's only a couple thousand people in the AAC tonight, but they were very, very loud. So shout out to you guys who were there. And for him to drain all four of those, I thought that was huge for him. 
I thought Jalen Brunson played a really good game tonight. 19 points off the bench, 8 of 11 from the field, 3 of 4 from the three-point line. He had a really scary moment with the banging knees with Aaron Baines. And, man, I, I, I felt so bad for him because he was trying to walk it off. Casey Smith was walking you know, with him, and they just – he just couldn't walk it off there for a bit, and they took him back to the locker room. I thought that was going to be the last we'd seen him tonight. But, man, he came back out, sat on the bench. Not only that, but went back into the game, finished the game, which, I mean, yeah, incredible. He talked to uh, us media after the game, said, man, I'm just ready. I'm just ready for the playoffs. Because, remember, he didn't play in the bubble. This is his first playoff experience coming up uh, next week. So, Really excited to see him. I thought it was a little bit telling that he finished the game. I think that's a another little wrinkle that we can look for come playoff time that we could see Jalen Brunson and Tim Hardaway interchange in these closing lineups, these clutch playoff moments. Will Rick go with the better spot-up shooter, uh, more of maybe an offensive threat in Tim Hardaway, or will he go with a secondary creator type in Jalen Brunson at the end of the games? I, I, that's something that I am watching because he did play really well tonight. So Dallas pulls it off. It was close, uh, too close for comfort, uh, but they pulled it off. They clinched a playoff spot. Super awesome. And we're going to take one more break, and then I'll come back and I'll talk about these standings. Okay, let's talk some standings because the Clippers, they're trying some crap. And so this whole time, so Utah and Phoenix, they're fighting it out for that number one seed. Doesn't have anything to do with us. We don't care. We're not going to play them in the first round. Then it comes to this Nuggets Clippers situation. So Denver owns the tiebreaker over the Clippers. So they finish with the same record. Duh. Denver will be the higher seed. They'll be three. This whole time we've been operating like the Clippers are going to be the three seed because they've held that spot. They've been holding. And then you look at their record of the last or their, their opponents over the last three games. It was Charlotte, Houston, and then OKC. They, they blow the crap out of Charlotte. And you're like, okay, cool. You're going to win the last two games. I thought for sure. I'm like, they're just going to win out. They're going to be the three seed. No, 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 no. Bring that back. The Clippers go into Houston and say, you know what? We're going to bench everybody. And they benched all their best players. And they lost to Houston. Telling everybody that this is the Clippers saying, I don't want to play the Lakers in round one. And they're going to do everything they can to try to avoid the Lakers in round one because there's still a possibility that the Lakers can finish sixth. So what the Clippers did in losing to Houston, which nobody thought that would probably happen, now they're tied with the same record with Denver. They're both 47 and 24, thus making Denver the three seed in the Western Conference at this current moment because they own the tiebreaker. Remember that. Now sets up with this fascinating scenario on the last day of the season on Sunday. Denver plays Portland. The Clippers. <laughs> oh, the Clippers play OKC. What a tank off that's going to be because I think there's lottery ball implications for OKC going against the Clippers on that last day. So Denver Clippers last day of the season. If Denver wins that game, they stay at three. If Denver loses that game and the Clippers lose the OKC, Denver stays at three. But if Denver loses and the Clippers win, if the Clippers and OKC have this tank off and they're like, well, we can't out tank OKC. It doesn't, it doesn't matter how hard we try. They And they still beat OKC and Denver loses to Portland, then the Clippers will jump back up to three. Denver will fall to four. 
Now, let's look at it from a different angle of this. So basically, Denver controls their fate. If they just win on Sunday against Portland, they'll be the three seed. But if they want to guarantee them themselves a shot at not playing the Lakers, because the Lakers can't can't move up to five. They could move up to six, but they can't move up to five. So if they want to guarantee themselves not playing the Lakers in the first round, Denver's gonna go <laughs> Denver's gonna go into that last game and probably gonna set Jokic and everybody else you can possibly think of. We're going to see like 35 minutes from Bull Bull. And that could very well be the case. Like they could very well announce on Saturday, Denver is going to set out Jokic, Aaron Gordon, MPJ, and like all these people on Sunday. Therefore, giving the game to Portland. So if Portland, if Portland wins, then for Dallas, if Portland beats Denver, then Dallas will definitely have to beat Minnesota because if Dallas loses to Minnesota, then that will allow Portland to move up to five. If this is all making sense for you, I might have lost you by now. But but if Dallas just beats Minnesota, because right now Dallas has a one-game lead over Portland. If Dallas beats Minnesota on Sunday and Portland beats Denver, then Dallas will be the five seed and Dallas will play Denver. So that... There's so many moving parts in this because the Lakers can still finish six and it's these teams trying to jockey around and avoid the Lakers in that first round. And the Lakers have these last two games where they play Indiana and then they play New Orleans and they're going to beat New Orleans for sure. So the, the only case you have is can they, you know, who will play for Indiana and if they win their last two, then they need some help and they need some help from Portland and all this stuff. It's just getting wild and I want to tell myself that it's Baltimore material saying, ah, oh, the Clippers, they want Dallas. They want to go for Dallas. That's why they're trying to move for four. Honestly, they're really just trying to avoid the Lakers, but it sounds better if we say, hey, they want Dallas. And I mean, they really do prefer Dallas over the Lakers, which I think a lot of people would understand that. But still, let's just say that they're just, they're wanting Dallas. And that's why, um, yeah, that's why they're doing what they're doing. But on Dallas' front, you want to win. Like you want you, you want to beat Minnesota come Sunday. And in a weird way, like Minnesota's not in the same spot as Houston or an OKC or a New Orleans or even this Toronto team. They have some young guys that are gonna play, probably. Anthony Edwards is gonna shoot it probably 48 times. Carl Anthony Towns is still playing. Like they're probably gonna play these young guys, and it's probably not gonna be the easiest game in the world. I expect them to win but it might not be the easiest game in the world. So it sets up for a very, very interesting Sunday evening, Sunday night, everything. Guys, we'll be back on Sunday night after that Mavs game. Everything will be kind of set in stone then. We'll know the playoff opponent for Dallas. And guys, just stay locked on Mavs. If you haven't followed us uh, or started subscribing to us on YouTube, subscribe on YouTube. This will not be a YouTube video. This will just be audio for podcast. But uh, yeah, we'll be back Sunday night to talk about the first round matchup against Dallas and whoever they play in the first round. Thanks, guys. Peace out. Boom.